Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations. A new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong.
businessship, which is important to me, uh, to say the least. Uh, okay, so uh, the scripture I'm going to be reading from today is Gene, uh, John 16, uh, verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth forth, beareth, bring, uh, beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Philippians uh, 4.13, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. Um, the grace that I want to elaborate on today is the grace that's being taught in the churches. It's a powerless grace. It's more of a forgiving grace, but it's a powerless grace, to say the least. Now, we know that the grace that is brought to us by God is a forgiving grace, but it's a but in today's church, it's a powerless grace. The Bible talks about in Timothy 2, 3, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Having a form of godliness. So people, they wash the outside, but they do not wash the inside of their heart. In other words, they do not bring it before God on a day-to-day basis. The relationship is not there. So... Uh, we come back to the question of does a person need God? And say you might need him for the specific reasons that are not important to God. Because evidently he's going to take care of you. And God says what kind of um, what kind of father would give his kid a stone when he asked for a fish? So we have to really think about, does God give us the tools to stop sinning? Because the new church world gives you permission to sin. And it's fine to practice sin. We're all going to sin, but I mean to practice sin. And in other words, your, your total makeup is to practice sin. Because you've been told at churches that God is going to forgive you. Now, does God forgive us for sin? Yes, he does. Uh, David said that he asked God to forgive him for for presumptuous sin, for presuming that he was going to be forgiven. Now, if I'm taking that out of context, please somebody write me or Facebook me. But um, to presume that God is going to forgive you as you sin on purpose, or you sin as though you know in the future God has already forgiven your sins. Why would First John 1, 8 through 10 have to be even written? 
I'm going to come back to John. We all own John today, the writer John. Uh, if he's going to forgive you for future sins, like some preachers say, then why must you stay in a life of repentance towards God and towards the things that Jesus has set you? Now, First John <coughs> 1 John 1.8 through 1.10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the truth and his word is not in us. So if we're saved, we're, if we're saved from future, if he died on the cross for future sins, that doesn't make any sense. In other words, I can presume that whatever I'm going to do in the future is already paid for at the point of salvation. So I don't have to repent. This is a daily relationship with Christ. It says, if we say that we have no sin, which is that's technically what they're saying. Actually, no. It's saying that I just got saved today, and a pastor comes up to me and says, you're not only saved for today's sins and yesterday's sins, you're also saved for future sins. So, so wow, so I can do some future sinning, and then I'll be good to go? Yeah, technically it's correct. But that should not be your frame of mind. Your frame of mind should be victory, victory, or over, overcoming the world. That's what the preacher should be preaching, is that you, through the power of God, through his grace, can overcome sin. Do you know who, when, when the Israelites were leaving and, and Pharaoh came running after them, do you realize who actually, I'm just trying to help you, help me, help you. Do you realize who made the Red Sea open up so they can escape? Now remember they escaped from Egypt. Like many of us should be escaping from the world. God opens up the Red Sea, uh, per se, of our lives, that we do not have to live in the form of nature that we used to have we lived. He wants us to live a new life. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. John 8, 3. Or 30. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, um, who the Son sets free is free indeed. He wants you to be free of sin. And he wants you to live a life that is pleasing to him. Because it says in John, 1 John 3, that when you see the day coming, when you see Jesus Christ going to come, you should want to be like him, for you should see him as he is. This is a purifying hope that you will know that Christ is going to come back at any moment and you should be free <coughs> from sin. Now, I'm going to do a radio program on Rapture Ready. Of course, there is a ministry called Rapture Ready, but I like to elaborate on that. 
Because if you're living like the world, you're still in Egypt. You don't need anybody to chase you. You don't need the Red Sea open. See, a lot of people come into God for various reasons. Some people come to God because if they come to church, they can find a business uh, clientele or a, some clients, future clients, for their business. Some people are coming for various other reasons, like some people are going to come in to look for a wife or a husband. Some people are looking, coming to become more theologically savvy. Some people are actually coming to look for God, but just the wrong God. Some people come looking for God that will give them the, the license to sin. That he will forgive you at the point of salvation, which is true, but he will also continue to forgive you as you struggle, which is technically true. But what, come, what, what point do you come to when you say, well, I think there's more to this salvation than just me struggling. There's more to it. Denying the power that God has given us. God, was, Jesus himself, healed the blind, told the leper, raised the, rose the dead, and people still talking about, when I turn on all these ministries, I'm like, God can heal you. Yes, he could heal you. But what's the most important thing? God can save you. When you turn it on these ministries, and all they talk about is God can heal you, God can supply a mansion, a new job for you, or he can, if you send me $50, I'm going to send you, you know, this handkerchief, and you pray over it. Or if you send me $500, I'll send you five handkerchiefs. God is going to heal you. What happened when Jesus talked, he sent 72 people out, sent 72 disciples out, and what did they come? What did they do when they came back? They said, "Master, we healed the blind, the lepers, and all this other stuff." He says, "Be thankful that your name is written in the book of life." There's even a time when, um, when the disciples, when Jesus had to feed some, they said, "How are we going to feed all these people?" He says, "Philip was like, there's a guy, there's a kid over there with some loaves." and a few pieces of fish. And he multiplied the fish and the loaves, and they all did eat. And then the next day, they come searching him out again for another miracle. They say, show us a, he says, why do you come to me for? He says, show us another miracle, and we will believe. So in other words, cook us up some more fish filet and some bread on rye, rye bread or whatever. Show us another miracle. Heal the blind and the sick. Everybody's coming up to God for some other reason. Abide in Jesus. They, nobody's coming. They, today, in today's church, they're not coming for Jesus. They're not coming from, for the king. They're not coming for the prince of peace who will give peace to your life and joy. They're coming for the things of this world. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean or nothing, folks, but 
if, you, if I found out I had cancer, that would be a sad thing for me because I think about my kids. I hope this thing isn't hanging up on me because I just pushed the button. I'm hoping I'm still online. Anyway, uh, I, I, don't want, I would not want to die. Trust me. But if I had five months, I would make sure that I, I'm walking with God those last five months. And, and, and to go into heaven, eternal life, there will be nothing like it. Nothing. But see, I don't mind being healed because I know God can heal. But will he heal? So do you love God because he won't heal? And then let me get off this subject. But let me get on a much sensitive, much, much, much um, simple message or a more sensitive message for me uh, or more, um, let me be more sensitive to, to you who's out there that's sick. So I'll, I'll, I'll touch on something else. Um, we have to have faith that God is going to provide. But we also have to be content with such things as we have. See, our true reward, like David would say, this true reward is Christ. It's true reward. Not just salvation, but to have the person of Christ in your life should be the true reward. As he told Abraham, I am your rich, I, mean, I am your reward. And see, when we, when we start to feel the person of Christ, and the closer we get to Christ, the sexual addiction will eventually wither away unless you find a way to be pulled away into the world or into ideas. Do you know you can be out of the world and still have the ideals of the world which makes you in the world? That's why it's, it's awesome to read God's word daily and ask for guidance and ask for God's wisdom and God's principles and, and let the word be a lamp to your feet. Abide in Christ. It says in the Word of God, uh, first, actually, second, the second epistle of John, whosoever transgress and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Abiding in the doctrine of Christ, abiding in the Word of Christ, abide with God. Walk with God. And if your motives are still to look at a woman or a man or whatever, or your motives are to do worldly things, ask God for deliverance. If he doesn't do it, keep going. Keep asking. But we're not to presume that we can continue in that way. See, the emergency is you might want to cut off your right hand or your left, or you poke your eye out. But... I don't think God was meaning that. Because then you have to poke your wife's eye out and your husband or your husband's wife your eyeball out. But mostly the husband has to poke his wife out because it says love God is love your wife as Christ loved the church. And I don't see God poking anybody's eyes out. But uh, God does want to set you free. And and I'll say this over and over again is that God is gonna set you free. 
long as you're abiding in him. I'm not going to give you what you want to hear. Nobody's going to share this show. I already know that. They're not going to share this show because it's not itching your ears. It's not something you want to hear. Not even for the person who claims to be a true Christian. Now, I hear some people say that God will forgive you no matter what, even when you're in the sin. I ask them, why are you even preaching? What do you have to say? You have nothing to say. There, there, in other words, your Christianity has lost its grip. It's, it's no longer salty and it's no longer having any light. I'm not saying legalistically. I'm saying, I, I think legalistic, saying, saying, people saying somebody's legalistic is a joke. We have a king here. We have a Lord. How do you get well, you being legalistic because you try to tell us that you must obey Christ? They don't, they don't really come out and say that. They just say you're trying to add works. They don't come out and say you're not, you're just trying to make us commit, you know, God, you know, um, says he, we must keep his commandments. You're trying to make it a legalistic. No, you're not paying attention to the word of God. So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? You're not doing what he says. He's Lord. And then he's Savior. If he's not Lord, he's not Savior. It's because you're trying to get into the kingdom of God. He said, where is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is within you. So the people were back that day were trying to look for the kingdom of God. And even in, even in the upper room, 120 people, they, they illustrated that the kingdom of God came upon them. Within them. As it gave them power. See, greater works that you should be doing is the ministering of the word, the preaching of the gospel. If, if, you, come, if you run into a ministry that never mentions, well, somewhat mentions, and nowadays they're trying to mention it because I haven't watched one of the, one of the ministries, they, Howard Rodney Brown, just or whatever the heck his name is, just to see what he's got to say. He never opened up the Bible at all. He just talked like this. I, I'm going to get it down because I'm going to use it later. I don't know what you're going to do to praise the Lord I mean, and this guy never mentions the Bible at all. I don't know what you're going to do. The Lord is here today to pray again. Well, at least he's mentioning the Lord, I guess. No, I'm just joking. That doesn't make a difference anyway. You're preaching false. But see, God is here, folks. To set you free. And he must set you free. The same, the same way God was with Israel. A cloud by day. And a, and a fire by night. The same way he was with Israel. As he was with Moses and Aaron. The same way he was with Joshua. The same way they won down their victories. During the time of Joshua. The same way even we can go as far back as the Garden of Eden. When he walked with Adam and Eve in the goodness of the day. You have to walk with God daily. 
That's why he's faithful and just to forgive you. But you have to spot your sins. You have to bring them before God. You have to know the sins that you know needs to be brought up unto God. The sins that you don't know, that's what the relationship's for. So, yeah, technically, yeah, he has forgiven. He could, you could say he's forgiven future sins. But the thing is, is that that's walking on eggshells. Actually walking on glass. I want to be set free of past, present, and future sins. I'm not going to say he's forgiven you for future sins unless you continue the relationship with Christ. So, in other words, if I go off and do what I want to do, I'm no longer under God no more. I can can expect judgment. If I'm the prodigal son, I was dead. That's why people say, well, can you walk away from God? Yeah. Are you safe when you walk away from God? If you die in that condition, that means we're going to have to pay attention to God's foreknowledge. God knows everything. We don't. So I can't walk up to somebody and say, well, you're still saved even though you walked away from God. You're going to go to heaven. If they die in that state, they're going to hell. So if you believe that if you're a prodigal son, that's why they call it prodigal son, or else they don't have to put it in the Bible. If you die as a prodigal son, you're no longer. That means you're still the son of the father. Technically, no. You took your inheritance and you left. That means you can do it on your own. He says, my son was dead. If you cut it off right there, stop. My son was dead. God is trying to give an illustration that you're no longer his if you walk away. You're just like everybody else. You have to come to God, get on your knees, and and repent. That's why the first thing Jesus said, and the first thing John the Baptist said, was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Make an about face, turn towards the king of the kingdom. And walk towards him. He loves you, but he loves you so much that he doesn't, he's not going to keep you the way you are. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. Now, do we make mistakes? Yes, we do. Get up. Never give up. I'm not saying to give up. If you, if you are in an addiction, keep fighting. Go to, the, go to God, though. Don't fight on your own. It's just too much. Too challenging, too too depressing. I mean, when when I was upsetting God, when I was in, in, in my addiction, I felt terrible. And I said, I said, okay, I'll try again the next day, and then next, and then I try again. Okay, I'll do it again, and then it's just like always. But see, people say, well, you're not supposed to feel bad. No, why not? If you if you figure that out, go read Psalms 51, and then go read also read Psalms 32. David was sad. Well, you're not supposed to feel bad. Now, a kid that's got, a lady that's got raped, or a, a child that's got molested, that's sad. They're going to feel bad for a while, unless they get healed. A lady that loses her husband is going to feel bad. Now, out of those three, those are terrible. A lady, a person that lost a child, 
So you're going to tell me to compare it to somebody who has an addiction? If somebody lost their father or son or a baby or whatever, and they come up to me and say they feel so sad, I'm not going to say, don't feel sad. But if a person has an addiction or a, a, a problem with pornography, I want them to feel bad. Go to God in agony and ask him to forgive you. And give you the strength to go on and give you the strength, number one, to stop the sin. Give me the strength to understand the, the, the thoughts are coming into my mind. But anyway, I'm going to continue this show because I think it's important for that we understand that it, 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 it's almost like drowning. We have to figure it out that we're drowning. And if we don't clear this up with the Lord and repent, of the sin of sexual addiction or uh, alcohol or drugs, that today's society is telling you it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to feel bad. But I'm telling you, folks, you need to feel bad so you can repent. Shaw and um, and I, I'm, I finished something, people, then that's fine. God bless. I have no choice. I think I'm right. Not in a bogus way. I think I'm right. I know I'm right. God is coming back for a church without spotted blemish. See y'all in the next show. God bless. You have been listening to the Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.